0: Hey, welcome to Truth Unbound. Once again, I am Walter Swain, your host, and we have a doozy for you today. Here at Truth Unbound, we take up what's going on in society and in the church, events, questions about God and Christianity, and we let God answer those questions for Himself from His Word. Okay, so are you ready for this? Okay. Put on your seatbelt once again. Here it comes. Okay. Now understand that what you are watching or about to watch is not satire. It's not scripted for a show making fun of Christians or anything like that. These are posers, ministers who are actual leaders of churches doing these things, and their congregations are playing happily along with it, and including their children in it, in being trained by it. But anyway, here's, here's the video. Just watch it. For yourself, all right?
1: I invite you to rise in body or spirit, and let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed. I believe in the non-binary God, whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. I believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous, creative, and resilient as patches on the ace quilt, whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love. So, beloved, let us love. I believe, glorious God, help my unbelief. Amen. Trusting in God's expansive and inclusive love, let us offer our prayers for a world in need for the summer solstice and the beginning of a new season, for honeybee populations experiencing extreme loss, for the rain that nourishes the earth, for climate justice advocacy efforts. God of love, love. for the joy of life in community. We pray especially for all who will attend the Twin Cities Pride Festival and other Pride events this month. We give thanks for the extraordinary clergy who lead in this congregation and beyond, especially for Pastor Jeff and for Deacon Lauren, and for all LGBTQIA leaders who serve as teachers, artists, first responders, business owners, city council members, and more. God of love. For anyone who feels excluded on account of their gender, race, sexual orientation, gender identity, national origin, or any other human distinction, draw us together in relationship and make your people one. God of love. For Taylor Swift and her Swifty fans and all music that inspires us, help us shake it off when life takes a turn. Remind us that we can still make the whole place shimmer. And when the time comes, help us confess and say, It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. God of love. Into your care we commend all for whom we pray, trusting that you hold and keep us in love. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. I invite you to share a sign of Christ's peace with one another.
0: Oh my word. Now, she is undoubtedly assured herself she is going to provoke many a reaction. So we'll oblige her here at Truth Unbound, just because this is a classic and up-close example of what we've described before as progressive theology. Okay, this is the progressive church. It's a modern word for modern, uh, liberal theology, and that's really all it is in most and many of Protestant churches today. So let's take a, uh, a look at the key and crucial violations of God's truth, and uh, we're going to look at snippets of this video—not all of it, but snippets of it—and we're going to pause it at certain important spots, and then give you a biblical response. To each one, okay? Are you ready? All right, here we go.
1: I invite you to rise in body or spirit and let us confess our faith today in the words of the Sparkle Creed.
0: Sparkle Creed, okay? There really is no such thing in church history, Uh, then or now. Now, according to our friend woke, and I mean that sincerely, woke preacher clips, this was penned during Pride 2021 by queer UCC minister Rachel Small Stokes. It's made up of a fake woke version of what was the original Apostles' Creed, which does state biblical doctrinal uh, facts of the faith, which which is real and actual. But, um, well, let's just move on.
1: I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural.
0: Non-binary God with plural pronouns. Okay, so non-binary means there's not just male and female. So you have to understand this, again, is what is called queer theory and it's being interjected into the theology. We'll talk more about that in a minute, okay? But but understand this. God has clearly always appeared or presented himself as masculine. This isn't some weird patriarchal misogyny. It is just biblical fact. So go with it and stay with what he has established in his word.
1: I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God.
0: Okay, Jesus had two dads. Okay, whoa, just just stop for a minute. Their, ch- their child? What she's saying is that Jesus was born from some kind of sordid homosexual crossover relationship between divine and human uh, between Joseph the husband of Mary and God the father to produce Jesus this is outright blasphemy from the pits of hell in John 316 it states that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that doesn't mean okay that that doesn't mean that he gave birth with some mother god, such as is taught in Mormonism, uh, even though they try to cover that up a lot, um, the, or with whatever the, whatever she's saying is their father, having two parents, two male parents. The, the word begotten, and in other translations besides the KJV and the New King James Version, as only son, in Greek, the word can mean only son, but it also means in the language, original language, and in this case, it means this, unique, only one of his kind. There's no other equal to Jesus, in other words. It doesn't mean he's born of some physical, weird relationship between God and Joseph, which is biologically ridiculous and impossible. Again, this is the insertion and interpretation of the Bible with what is called queer theory, which is the belief that gender is fluid and changeable and not determined by your natural biology. It's gross, it's blasphemous as applied to God, and God's going to judge it. So no, Jesus wasn't born or had two dads, and the colored jacket, that is some magic wand imaginative insertion. Jesus is never described in the Bible or elsewhere in church history or anywhere else as having one it's made up so anyway we digress
1: i believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity
0: rainbow spirit how sweet listen the only spirit mentioned in the scriptures is the spirit of god the holy spirit the third person of the Trinity. And why is it that the rainbow is always taken as some weird symbol to make it into anything you want it to be lately in these last several years? In Genesis 9, God established the rainbow as the symbol that he would never flood the entire earth again as a judgment or punishment on mankind for its sin. The LGBTQ plus everything else group has commandeered it for their own purposes for years. I've often wondered why Jesse Jackson didn't call for it to be taken back as his political organization used it as a symbol for years of uniting all races and ethnicities. It had nothing to do with sexuality. And even though I'm not a Jesse Jackson fan, uh, the, the rainbow doesn't mean that anymore now, sadly enough. It is and remains only God's symbol that he will, in his love and compassion, no longer punish mankind's sin by flooding the earth with water all right enough said
1: i believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous creative and resilient as patches on the ace quilt whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder i believe in the calling to each of us that love is love is love so, beloved, let us
0: love. Okay, the, the feet in the mud thing, I have no clue. Uh, if Maybe one of you can look that up and do some research on it. And, and I just don't get it. Feel free to, to reply or comment as to what you find it to be uh, below this video. But what I'm really getting at here is the love, love, love part. Now, this sounds, well, very loving. Gives you the warm fuzzies, doesn't it? But the idea from the LGBTQ group, as this church is, is and endorses and many of its members are, by their meaning of love, it means love anyone that you want to, sexually and romantically You want, that you want. The problem is, is God said this clearly in Genesis chapter two, verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So that's it. Man, woman, together. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, sexually, as a husband and wife in holy matrimony. That's it. That's the only relationship there's there's supposed to be. That's the only love, sexually and romantically, that God made and designed for us to share. You see, They say we should be free to love anyone we want. But let's take that to its farthest extreme. Does that mean an adult can love a child sexually? Which, by the way, that's being slowly introduced in our society, as you can see, for instance, in this article alone. So what she's promoting isn't just love for your fellow man, which is what Jesus did command us to do, to love your neighbor as yourself. But she's talking about homosexual and other types of free sexual love, the love that Jesus specifically forbade. The, verse, the word used in the original language is porneia, which is any other kind of sexual love outside of marriage, and he called it for what it is, and that is, it is sin. Again, it means any type of sexual love outside that of a man and a woman alone in the bonds of marriage only
1: i believe glorious god help my unbelief amen trusting in god's expansive and inclusive love let us offer our prayers for a world in need for the summer solstice and the beginning of a new season for honeybee populations experiencing extreme loss
0: let's pray for the suffering honeybees Oh, uh, there's just no words. There, there's none.
1: For the rain that nourishes the earth, for climate justice advocacy efforts.
0: Climate justice, there it is. Climate justice. So she's asking God not just to for the, your plain vanilla climate change, global warming that was supposed to already have killed us by now, according to the great sage, Greta Thornburg. Um, But, and then it didn't happen. And this pastorette is asking prayer for climate justice. Now, let me elaborate a little more. What does she mean by justice? It means that other racial groups, racial minorities are being affected by climate change and global warming more than white people are and this is an absolute aberration and it's an imaginative just created out of nowhere type of theory and thinking and it is nowhere in the bible there's nothing there to pray for
1: god of love for the joy of life in community. We pray especially for all who will attend the Twin Cities Pride Festival and other Pride events this month. We give thanks for the extraordinary clergy who lead in this congregation and beyond. Especially for Pastor Jeff and for Deacon Lauren. And for all LGBTQIA leaders who serve as teachers, artists, first responders, business owners, city council members, and more. God of love. For anyone who feels excluded on account of their gender, race, sexual orientation, gender identity, national origin, or any other human distinction, draw us together in relationship and make your people one. God of love.
0: Okay, so now she's praying for all those who are involved in sexual immorality that God strictly Forbade and forbids and will judge. But she says, Lord, we ask you to bless it. Bless those who partake in such sins, some of which today are directly grooming children into the same, with the drag queen shows and nearly nude displays and dances and pride parades all over the country in the streets of our cities. Once again, this is blasphemy to bring this to God for his approval. It's a mockery to him. And just a heads up to our pastor friend here. Instead of asking God to give them ways to love those involved in such sin and bring them to Jesus and the gospel and to have their lives transformed into the original design God has for them sexually as he created them originally. No, She and others like her asking God to help people continue in their sin that binds them and deepens the trouble and need that they have for God's love and forgiveness in their very souls and to love their bodies and person as God created them to be from conception and to ask to be forgiven of their sin by God and loved by him.
1: For Taylor Swift and her Swifty fans and all music that inspires us, Help us shake it off when life takes a turn. Remind us that we can still make the whole place shimmer. And when the time comes, help us confess and say, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. God of love.
0: Whoa, wait, pray for Taylor Swift and then use her lyrics as a, as the words for a prayer to God, and you could hear some people in the background laughing about it, but then they still affirm it, trivializing prayer altogether to God. I wow, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, we can't take any more. You, you just can't.
1: Into your care we commend all for whom we pray, trusting that you hold and keep us in love. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. I invite you to share a sign of Christ's peace with one another.
0: So, to understand this church and so many others like them. This was a typical live stream service from Adina Community Lutheran Church in Adina, Minnesota. What's with all the liberalism and in Minnesota, of all places. Anyway, they are part of the branch of Lutheranism called the ELCA, or Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and it's its most liberal branch. In fact, I played this for a couple of my Lutheran friends, and they came unglued. They were incensed, in disbelief about this, and rejected entirely. And I applaud them for that, and may their tribe forever increase. Okay, so again, for you and me, this is new and alarming, but this is how they've rolled for years, and proud of it. Um, We're looking here at their page, who we are, and I can appreciate their honesty, honesty at least, I really do, uh, that they come out and just say, this is who we are. Um, But nevertheless... Uh, it says uh, who we are. Edna Community Lutheran Church is a progressive Lutheran congregation. Again, the word progressive—that's been striving for over 70 years to live out Jesus's radical message of love and make a difference. Okay, uh, we welcome all people without exception and reach out to our community with serving hands, of voices raised for justice, 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 justice. justice. Um, now, uh, here they mention again that, uh, clearly that they are a member, a congregation of the ELCA, as I just explained who they were and has been a, and I'll show you here with my, uh, arrow reconciling in Christ congregation, which means, uh, that they, as it says, inclusive here for anyone that's involved in the LGBTQIA plus everything in the kitchen sink, uh, uh, type of uh, sexual immorality okay so anybody that's involved in that they gladly bring them in and and uh, boast about it themselves um, we are delighted that people from all over the twin cities metro area are a part of our congregation been around since 1948 uh, they have a historical emphasis on social justice and that can mean a number of things we are currently on a long-term journey to become an anti-racist congregation now again and this is my comment, if you're simply practicing the love of Christ that he's already told us to practice and we're living our faith inside out, we're living Jesus inside out, you won't be racist anyway. But nevertheless, uh, they state here uh, that um, we strive to be one with each other, we support each person in our midst to worship, work, celebrate, feast, learn together, one with our community, uh, one with our, oh God's world. We care for all of God's creation for peace, health, and justice throughout the world. Uh, Probably that includes their climate justice. In other words, uh, the climate is uh, out of whack and it is beating up on minorities more than white people, uh, which is a lie. One with Jesus is welcome, we offer welcome to new, and one with God's vision for the future. So anyway, that gives you a, a glimpse there, who we are and what they do. Uh, Now, if we go to the top, we'll show you what their true mission is. Uh, You don't hear or see the gospel or a doctrinal statement here. Uh, But as you go to the menu, uh, you have um, justice, echo faith immigration, indigenous rights. Got to add that in there as well, LGBTQIA+, racial justice, reproductive justice, which means this is a church that believes in killing babies. Okay, uh, in the womb. So, and mission partners, uh, they have their faith information, blah, 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 give about uh, technical and their capital, their fundraising campaign. So, anyway, there you have it. That's the church there in Adina in Minnesota. All right, as we try to take all this in, I hope that this has helped you understand what they were doing and what she was saying. But what does God say about this, about such people posing? as followers of Jesus and church leaders and supposedly promoting the apostles' doctrine when they're not. Well, in Galatians 1, we find this is what Paul says about those who try to change the, mas- the message of the gospel, which is simply the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ alone. That's it. That's all it is. That you should repent of your sin, believing in what he did for you and putting your faith in him. That's the gospel. That's it in a nutshell. Well, this is what Paul says about those who manipulate and change it into other things, such as we see here in this church. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 to 9, he says, But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now say I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed, damned to eternal damnation. That's what that word means. And what does God tell us about those who mock God openly and his truth, mock his truth, uh, mock his church, pre, be a pretend church, that mock his holiness and his love. Well, listen to the words of 2nd Peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Jude repeated and elaborated even more on what Peter said in verses 3 and 4. Now, he did this throughout his whole book, his whole letter, but especially in verses 3 and 4, listen to this. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting or urging you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And then again, in Jude 16 through 20, he says, these are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, Remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So, As you can see, these denominational leaders, church leaders, and those who willingly cling to this false teaching and promotion of immorality among the people will face God's judgment one day. They are false teachers, and the true followers of Jesus need to be aware that this is true, it is present, and it is deceiving many, many people. So what do we do about it? Well, we know that he has already commanded us to preach the pure, unadulterated gospel of Jesus. To love people, no matter who they are, what they've done, and bring them to Jesus to be transformed by him. Not manipulate the gospel and adapt it to say their sin is okay, but to give them forgiveness and freedom from that sin. We are to be the church that Jesus wants us to be in the world. Speaking the truth in love, yet not compromising the truth of God as well, Now, after Jude called out these false teachers, uh, uh, just as they are, here, here are challenging yet comforting, comforting instructions that he gives us as well in Jude, verses 17 through 23. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Well, my friend, I I hope that all of this has helped you become very aware uh, through what this person has done so openly and overtly. It it helps us to be aware of the realities of false teaching and teachers that are out there in so many churches across our country. They pose as Christians, um, but they're not. And God shows us what he wants us to do about it. Well, hey, my friend, don't forget to click on like, also to click on subscribe uh, to subscribe to the podcast so you can get the latest when it comes out. Also share the podcast with everyone and anyone you can. And remember to follow Jesus, because when you do that, you will always follow the truth.